What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Blaine and Mickey, powered by all four seasons garage doors. Blaine and Mickey with Blaine Bishop and Mickey Ryan on 104.5 The Zone. Oh, no. oh yeah, Blaine and Mickey. <laughs> hump day. What's up, everybody? Oh, this is Hump Day. It's Wednesday. Hump Day, man. Everybody had enough of uh, family feel, time. Yeah, I feel like it was hanging out at the house. I, 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 I don't know. I feel like it's Thursday already. No, my family. Oh, they are not here yet. Oh my, it's gonna be. I can't. They have distraction. <laughs> you know, Vrabel talks about distractions. No, I couldn't get any work done. I said, nope. Y'all can't come till Friday. Vrabel okay. wasn't distracted. Oh, yeah, he was, because I couldn't hear the, the, what happened to the oh, press. Will Levis well, said, well, Will's Rabel. not going to. For everybody who said, okay, if he's got what Tannehill's got, they're about to rule this rascal out. They ain't ruled nothing out. Tannehill said, or uh, Vrabel said today, Will's not going to practice. So somebody asked, okay, then who's going to take the first team reps in, in his absence? He said, Ryan's going to take the first team reps in his absence. So then somebody asked another question, then the way people do, then immediately somebody goes back and like, so why is Ryan uh, getting the – Getting to take the first teams because 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 Ryan's been the backup quarterback, mm-hmm. and so I think he got asked. You know, if you listen to these or attend these, you, you get sometimes multiple variations, sort of of the same question. And he just essentially went back every time and said, "Well, Ryan is Ryan is going to take the snaps, and, and Will's out." And uh, he said, "We'll see how uh, Levis does throughout this week." So there's yeah. Which is all true. Yeah. I mean, going to the backup quarterback, who is now Ryan Tannehill. Mm. So all that debating and talking, and I think you settled the debate. I don't know a long time ago when you said, "Hey, man, he just wants to win games. They're they're never going to put somebody out there who they think cannot win games better than somebody else. They'll put in this case, they'll put Tannehill out there." Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought he would do. Uh, just because you know he's a winner and he wants to win, so he gives him the best chance of winning. All this dialogue of, oh, let's sit down with Tannehill and have a conversation with him about if he wants to play or not. Come on, man. Boy, it, man. A lot of people were saying stuff like that, like, boy. Are you insane? That is not <laughs> how it works in pro sport. Next man up. Only time they would have had a meeting if they would have told him that he wasn't starting. And by the way, uh, Tannehill's a competitor. He wants to play just because he wants to continue to increase his value that he is a starting quarterback. It doesn't even matter about the offensive line to him. He's going to figure a way to manage to because he wants to get paid again. Mm-hmm. And by the way, he was sitting on the bench making $30 million, and he got benched because of his injury, not because of his play. So, yeah, I, I, he gives him the best chance of winning. Uh, so I thought that would be the decision. Uh, me, if I'm in that situation, I told you I would have done the opposite. But that's why I'm not coaching. Just, uh, I would have put Malik Willis out there to see if I can get something. Now, I'm not saying the whole entire game or anything else, but I want to continue to see if he is going to grow and develop in a live game. And then if it works out that he does well, guess what? Oh, man, we can maybe trade him for a late-round pick. Who knows? I have no idea. If he doesn't, then he's going to be on the practice squad again next year? Like, really? I need a veteran backup who's going to be on my team because Levis is a starter next season. Yeah. So, 
Tannehill won't be here, so I need to start weaving towards that direction. Uh, so that's the only reason why I was thinking in that manner. But, uh, yeah, this league is all about winning, and um, Vrabel is 12-19 and 19, uh, through the last one and a half, two seasons, I guess, if you want to give it that. So, yeah, he wants to win. He doesn't want to have a losing record. Uh, you know, he wants something close to a winning record anyway. So, yeah, he gives him the best shot of winning. And uh, I told you he has some pep in his step. When I saw him out there warming up, I was like, ooh, uh-oh, he looked good. So, yeah, it should be exciting. And then uh, I think a lot of people want to come see uh, on the holidays, see Tannehill and Henry with their Sirenata. This is the this and one more game this is the last time you'll get to see those two guys on the field together. And it was they had a great run and did some great things for the organization. So come out and see them. And it's doing the holidays. Family got, you know, have family in town. Why not? It's on Mickey. He'll pay for your ticket. Uh, <laughs> or if it's anything like the Panthers game, you won't have to pay very much for your tickets. You guys see the shot of that stadium. It, oh, that's that. a, that's uh, a crazy cents. That's crazy. How much? They were selling for 45 cents, cents at one You could point. get into the game for 45 cents. Upper deck? Wow. I don't think I've ever seen something like that. that, that that's not going to happen here. I think there's going to be 57,000 or more. Call Watch this. Early. This is what they're going to report. <laughs> yeah. For what it's worth, the weather will be nice. I know. I've already looked it up. I think it's going to be a, a pretty decent crowd. And entertainment. For, and for something you said earlier, families in town. Families in town. Mm, people hey man, traveling. Y'all want to sit here and watch the Santa Claus three for the fifty third time, or let's just drive downtown and go to the game. It won't be full. It won't just be completely right. banana land down there. No offense, bananas. But let's just squeeze in somewhere downtown and park and walk over the bridge on a nice day. And King Henry's got two more games here. If you want to see Derrick Henry, you got two more chances to see him in person. Mm. And and cheer loud for him and tell him how much you appreciate it. For the Titans. Till he comes and you back. never know what to expect from the Titans, by the way, on what you're going to see. Yep. Like at home, we know we've seen them play hard, now, whether they win or lose. But you're gonna get they're gonna they're gonna play well. I mean, to a certain extent, whether they win or lose is a whole nother story. And with them being out of play, playoff contention, oh. like just 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 go out there and play. Yeah, like right. play, they play like loose. Have, play They'll like play you loose. have nothing to lose. Just go out there and and play football. And I that's. Honestly, you might see some of the best football that they've played if they go out there and do that. Mm, I completely agree with you. Yeah, you might. Mm -hmm. Especially the Seahawks are the ones going to have pressure on them, and then they're coming off a real high, as you mentioned, winning on Monday night, coming uh, cross country. 2,400 miles, I looked it up. It's it's some uh, advantages there for the Titans and at home. So, and they always – Look good at home, whether they win or lose in a close one. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm I'm excited. I think this is going to be a good game. It'll I think it'll be. You a, can be spoiler. Yeah. Ooh, I love being in that position as a, a former athlete, well, man. Oh, it, spoiler! We gonna take them down. Then I want to see them in the playoffs. They see we beat that team. We were good. We just couldn't do it week in and week out. And and we all know <laughs> this too. This game will be imminently more watchable with Ryan Tannehill playing quarterback, oh. as opposed to the alternative. Mm. I mean the other backup. I know well, you could say his name. Ben his Malik name? Willis. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, see that that that's the difference for me, and that's why I want to see him. I'm going to run our freaking offense. 
And if he can't freaking run it, then you tell me everything I need to know. Mm. I'm going to run my offense. I'm not bl- I'm not running that thing that they did against Kansas City. He don't threw the ball like nine times. That is not happening. We're going to drop back, see you go through the progression. You don't go over Guess what? He has one thing they don't. He can run. So he may take off running. He may have more rushing yards than passing yards. So, all right, cool. We'll, fi- we'll find out real quick. I-, I put him in the game. I let him have a series each game. I, did, I would. They'd be like, what are you doing? I'm checking out Malik Willis. Don't put him in to do no. Not no, a gadget play. Yeah, that, because every a, time they, he, 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 he botches that. I mean, there's no absolute Even if it's not him, that it's a bad botched. snap. It's yes. just something goes wrong. Oh, no. It's going to poo the bed. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. The bed I'm, will have poo in it yeah. when he leaves the field. Malik, warm up, man. We gonna, you doing next series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We doing hurry up, too, by the way. <laughs> we doing hurry up offense. <laughs> We're going to throw it every time, give your signals out there, and you can call all the calls. Yep, you call it. Dude, I, what what do you have to lose? Nothing. The old Vrabel don't work like that. He does not operate like that. We're about to not see that guy ever again uh-uh. in a Titans uniform. <laughs> Blake, that is. That's why We're I about said to never see him again. He is not going to – what are you, you going to be on practice going three years in a row? No. Are you kidding me? A third string? That means you're not in this league. They, they rotate those dudes around. You can go get another guy. You can get a guy from Arkansas State at third, <laughs> third string quarterback. I think he might be available there. J.T. Shrout. <laughs> oh, He's going to be available for me. Yeah, yeah I'll bring go, him Tennessee in. Tennessee fans, we share him in common. Uh, yeah, we, I mean, if you're <laughs> if you're Malik Willis, you got to be like, well, I wonder where I'm going to be next year. Hmm. Uh, you know what would work real good, though? If you, you like, run Henry, he, he act like you fake it to him, like, I mean, like, right at the line of scrimmage, like, you know, like you're running an option, and then everybody tackles Henry, and then you pull it out, and then you turn a boot and go the other way and just run. I would have done that in the games where he had to Ta- play. I'm going to say yeah. Tannehill's good at doing that. Oh, Tannehill's a good athlete now. Oh, yeah, Tannehill. But, we, you know, we just well, trying yeah. to make fun of Malik Willis. But, yeah, y'all, oh, Tannehill, that's got to happen. I would have 1,000% done that when Malik Willis played quarterback. They didn't really give him much of a chance at all to do that. It, it just things went bad every time. Yeah. It's not. That's him not jogging good. on the field for one play. I mean, that's like that was voodoo doll level. You've expected things that was bad terrible, to happen. Terrible, yes. That was coaching malpractice. <laughs> that that should have that should have never happened. He he should have. Uh, come on, we're trying to have fun today. They should have never sent him out there. He, they yeah. put him in a bad situation there. Yeah, they they yeah. did. Yeah, for people in the F and M bank chat just joining, so there's a whole side conversation of so Will Levis is is ruled out. No, no, they didn't rule anybody out. They no. just said he's not practicing today, and Tannehill was the backup, and he's the backup, so he will take the first team snaps. Right, that's right. where we are. Which I expect Tannehill to, I mean, uh, Vrabel to continue to say that all week. I do too. Gamesmanship. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We probably won't find out if Levis is out until Sunday. I wouldn't tell anybody until Sunday. Would you? I mean, no. I wouldn't. Now, if I'm the Seahawks and it's Thursday and he hasn't practiced any, I'd be like, okay. And I know you'd never say never, but, you know, they saw the same play that everybody else saw. Right. But as of right now, hey, man, it's a mystery. He's just not practicing today, so we're going to let Ryan take these snaps and we'll evaluate everything tomorrow. And he'll somebody said, well, what's he going to do? Will he be at practice? He goes, he'll do what all the injured guys do. He'll work on getting back on the field. Mm-hmm. Which means he, he won't be out there, <laughs> no. people. That's nope. what happens when you're injured. You are in the training room 24-7. It never stops. You're there before everybody. You're there when they're at lunch. You're there at dinner. You're there at, to the evening. And it, it just it never stops. 
I'd be interested to see if he's going, you know, sometimes you go to the meetings, depending on where you are with that injury and if you have a possibility of playing this week. Uh, high ankle sprain tells me everything that there is not a likelihood that he's going to play. Not this week. I mean, Brable showed his hand when he, when he compared it to Ryan Tannehill's injury from last year. Right. So It's all cool. I mean, Two games. They got three left. Mm, that will be my shot on Friday. Remind me. We will not see Will Levis the rest of the year. What about large Jeff? Uh, if he's healthy, yeah. yeah. I know everybody, oh, no, don't put Man, you kidding me? Did y'all see the contract he signed? You healthy, you play. Yeah. Also, who's stopping, if Jeff's healthy, who's stopping Jeff from going out there? I don't think there's any because he he played. I know he was playing. He was he was trying to get that contract, but he played the what was it twenty twenty was it last year where he played the entire end of the season on that bum ankle. Well, I'm gonna tell you this: they're bananas. Just because he's big and he's Jeff and he's strong, if you don't have a helmet, you can't go out there. And that's what they do when well, guys saying, demand I'm, to go out there I'm and saying they if go, he's clear, no. Like, if he's, if he's cleared, like, if he's obviously not cleared to play, he's not going to play. Oh, right. Play. Oh, but okay. I'm saying if, he, if he's cleared to play and they say, yes, you can play. Oh, yeah, he's going to he, play. He's oh, yeah. Going, he's, oh, no, there's no way he's, he's going not going to play. Oh, yeah. Sure. Uh, there's no way we're not going to know what's going on with National Signing Day because our guy Ryan Callahan, uh, GoVols247 recruiting guru, is set to join us next. Let's find out who is who is uh, signed on the dotted line, who's going to help this year. And a bunch of those dudes are already practicing right now for bowl prep. Uh, mm-hmm. we get all the latest next from Ryan Callahan. But- Searching HVAC near here. Right here, ma'am. How can we help? Wow. Nobody local? Huh. Wait, what? We are an HVAC company literally in your neighborhood. Why is she not seeing us? Just all the big chains. Well, it is what it is. What in the... Can you not see See us? us? Nope, they can't see you. Because you're buried deep in the list of local HVAC providers. You are invisible online. Introducing Cumulus Boost. Get a boost, get found, get on the map. Learn more at CumulusBoost.com. What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real because just business is better business. Visit justcapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count. Taking three steps to the fax machine today and sending their commitment. Let's get that. You still doing that? I, I don't know. Let's take Ryan, a picture and just tweet it. Ryan Callahan. Is, are the fax machines getting plugged in all over America today? Is that the way this magic happens? <laughs> no, <laughs> not, they do something different now, same. right, Ryan? Yeah, yeah, it's not the same anymore. They got all digital stuff. It's easy to send it in now electronically. So they, they've got different ways. But yeah, for years, I think they were keeping the fax industry alive, weren't they? <laughs> Boy, it was that was a magical thing, and, and you talk to kids who who committed, and they and they'd be like, "Yeah, I didn't know what we were doing." You know, my mom put us in the car, and we went down to Kinko's with my high school coach. Yeah, and, and yep. you know, we asked for the fax machine. Like kids, this just blew their minds. Th- oh, yeah, this that is how they had to do it. That, that definitely happened. Kids had to go to stores, like you said, sometimes to fax stuff in, or go to their school to to get to the office to do it. It was it was an ordeal for some people. It was it was kind of funny. 
Uh, Ryan Callahan, at Ryan Callahan 247. You can follow him there on uh, Twitter. You don't even have to go to Kinko's to do it. Uh, go Vols 247 <laughs> recruiting editor. So Carson Gentle, in-state guy, was he the first to commit and then the first to send in his stuff today, regardless of how it got there? That guy seems anxious to put the orange on. He, he definitely is. And, yeah, he, he ended up being the uh, in the class longer than anybody else. There was one player in the class who committed before him way back in July 2022. That was Jonathan Eccles. But he decommitted a couple of weeks ago, flipped to USF at the end. So, uh, so he ended up being the guy that was in the class longer than anybody else. And, yeah, first one in, like you said, I think they announced him at 7.04 this morning, and you were allowed to start sending in your NLIs at, at 7 a.m. local time. So he was definitely eager to, to get that finalized, excited about playing at Tennessee, at a kid who grew up dreaming of playing for the Vols. And there, there are several of those in this class, obviously, with some in-state guys especially being that way. But, uh, yeah, he, he was pretty eager to get it over with, even though he's been committed already for, gosh, almost 18 months. He's, he's been uh, set on Tennessee for a while. I guess the opposite of that would be what the kid Cole Harrison, the tight end, who literally committed yesterday and then just got up this morning and went ahead and made it official. Yeah, that he was in the class about 12 hours before he signed. He, <laughs> That's he, what you uh, do, he it, man. That, yeah, he announced that literally last night about uh, almost 10 o'clock Eastern time before he finally got the, uh, the graphic he needed and announced that and everything. So he was coming off an official visit to Knoxville this past weekend, but this – that, that was sort of an old-school recruitment in a way. This is a guy who kind of blew up his senior year, uh, didn't have any Power 5 offers going into the season, was a first-time starter at his school in the San Francisco area this year, had a really good senior season, and, and in the end was choosing between Tennessee, Pittsburgh, Washington State, a few, a few Power 5 programs that had offered, and uh, Tennessee in, in pretty desperate need of some tight end help and really liked his, his upside after he put up big numbers this season. So uh, he, he just visited Tennessee for the first time this past weekend, and really kind of admitted he didn't see himself in the SEC before that visit. Uh, and that visit this past weekend kind of changed his opinion of Tennessee, and, and he ends up in the class a couple of days later. So nice late addition there for Tennessee at a position where they really needed uh, another scholarship body going into next season. Our guy Ryan Callahan, man, this is go time. This is his Christmas. Like, this is, he's Santa Claus today. Oh, yeah. He brings all the good news to oh, all the boys on. and girls. Yep, because they left out the cookies and milk for him. No, he's having oh, yeah. cookies and milk. I know that. <laughs> well, since I'm still from the, the facts era there, me and, me and Mickey, uh, let's yeah, start from the beginning. Facts. I can't even count. So how many spots were actually available for them to give out? I mean, I know we're talking about a great day and everybody's signing, but what were the numbers when we started this thing going into it because you don't know who was coming back and who was going at the time. And now they kind of solidified all those things. Well, that's the thing. Not, not entirely there. Okay. They don't really okay. have a magic number for that yet uh, because Tennessee, them specifically, they're, they're still waiting on some guys to announce whether they're going to go to the draft. Uh, you know, Brew McCoy, yeah. Gabe Judy Lally, we don't know about them. And there's still a, a couple possibilities for guys who could enter the transfer portal. I think, I think Wesley Walker, uh, the starting safety from this year could, could be one who, who might enter the transfer portal later the, uh, in the coming months at some point. So there, there's still some guys out there who could be gone. And so, yes, that, that uncertainty makes the number still in flux. And then, you know, obviously we don't know what they're going to do in the transfer portal. It's all about saving spots for the transfer portal these days. And, and it's so transient. You know, there's another transfer portal window after the spring. So that's what makes it tough. You almost have to project what your numbers are going to be uh, and who might leave after spring practice and things like that. Uh, because the numbers are so fluid and guys still can leave even though they're locked in after January. So it really is uh, tough to say all that. And it, we used to get numbers questions all the time. We've almost gotten to the point people stopped asking. I, you know, we still get those questions sometimes, but they, I think everybody started to understand this thing is it's year to year and in some cases month to month as to who's going to be on your roster. 
Talk about the transfer portal. It seems like some of these coaches, uh, you know, you can go Dion or Kiffin, you know, it seems like they kind of embrace this transfer portal. What do you think, based off the moves here with Hypo being the head coach over these years, uh, you know, what is his philosophy th- with the TP? Yeah, it it really is interesting how different the approaches mm-hmm. are from one school right. to the next. You know, we've seen some schools just dive head first into it. Ole Miss has kind of made their thing. You know, they, Lane Kiffin's tweeting hashtags transfer to the SIP the last couple of years and all this stuff. <laughs> some people are making it their calling card uh, and really leaning into building their program that way, going out and getting impact players, uh, just sort of, again, taking more of a year-to-year approach to, to the transfer portal and their roster. Tennessee has taken more of the approach of, and they, they seem to still believe that high school recruiting, junior college recruiting, that's going to be the lifeblood of their, of their program for the most part. Now, they're not opposed to the transfer portal right. at all, but I think what we've seen now a couple of years into the Josh Heupel era, um, this is now his third full cycle going through this, uh, he, he tends to want to go, uh, obviously you're going to go out and get the starters at the positions where you have real needs in the transfer portal, but most years it looks like it's going to be seven to ten guys maybe out of the transfer portal. It's just going to be supplementing what they have and just going where they absolutely need to get additional help. So uh, they're not going out there looking for half of a starting lineup, usually just two or three starters here and there, maybe on each side of the ball. Uh, it, it's, it's still important, but it's definitely not uh, quite as important to them as it is to some programs. And, to that, and for, on top of that, I would say they've, they've shown a tendency so far to maybe not lean into the top-rated guys in the transfer mm-hmm. portal in, in some cases. That they're, they're looking at fit. Uh, they really do value culture a lot. They, they really believe that their locker room is what has helped get them to the point they're at now with you know, 26 wins in three years. You know, they, they, they feel that what, what they've done so far is a lot based on the fact that the, the team's kind of all pulling in the same direction. They don't want to bring in guys who don't fit with what they're doing. So they really do look into that, and sometimes they decide, hey, these top-rated guys in the portal might get a lot of attention, but they're not really for us. Mm, no doubt about it. And it's always about the fit and, and the culture of your your team. But how much it also then that kind of bring a diva aspect to them. I'm gonna say that because they're trying to get their hands out and hey, give me some nil money. So, or how much are they giving nil money? And then how much they're saying no, we want the old school guy who's just appreciative to come here and get an opportunity to play. And even if they play right away or maybe have to sit a year or two, they still want to be at Tennessee. Yeah, I, I think there's I think there's really no avoiding the NIL money. Right. Like you said, you're a lot of times you're either paying your players to stay and to not get in the transfer portal, or or, or they've got to have a new deal to get out of the transfer portal in some cases, uh, or you're you're going out and getting new guys uh, who are seeking NIL opportunities. So it's you're, you're going to have that one way or the other. I don't think Tennessee leans into or away from that. I think they just kind of do what they need to do to. Uh, to, to make the roster where uh, what, what to get what they need on their roster. If they need a starter at a certain position, they're certainly not going to shy away from someone uh, that, that might have high demands or whatever the case may be. So uh, I, I think they take a, it's a measured approach though at the same time. And I think you have to be that way at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's gotten to the point that the NIL landscape has really leveled out over the past couple of years. I think early on, there were some schools that had a, had a head start on some others. I think Tennessee was one of those. Now you look around, you know, Missouri has been really aggressive, really winning some big battles. Um, Kentucky's had a couple of nice wins in the transfer portal. Everybody's got money these days. Um, so it, is, it really is a more competitive landscape across the board. It comes down to who you want to spend your money on, and, and you have to pick your spots. And so I, I think that uh, it's so competitive now, you, you just have to decide who's important to you. Um, and, and sometimes that means bowing out of some races that you know, where a guy's just more important to another school than he is to you. Um, so what looks like a loss sometimes is a school just backing out and deciding 
that's not worth it to us. So uh, they do take a measured approach, I think, understanding that essentially you're managing a salary cap uh, like, a, like a protein these days in a lot of cases. Mm, which is always fun. We're on Ryan Callahan. Uh, I guess first, I guess last year, 2024 class, any surprises thus far? There really haven't been today. No. It's been mm-hmm. a fairly quiet uh, finish for Tennessee. They did have the addition of Cole Harrison yesterday uh, and then Jamal Wallace, a junior college defensive lineman, on Sunday. No no uh, official additions to the class today. There, uh, there, there's been some, I guess, some, some talk of Jordan Seaton, the five-star offensive tackle, still being in play today. But Maryland is the team that's generated more buzz there as a, as a possibility to flip him from Colorado. So there, there, there been some, there's been some talk out there, but nothing serious as far as uh, Tennessee adding anyone to the 2024 class today. Their big addition came this morning from the transfer portal, Jermod McCoy, the Oregon State cornerback transfer, yeah, yeah. A, a freshman uh, this season, six foot, 180 pound corner uh, that played uh, played a good bit for Oregon State this year, made four starts as a true freshman. So nice addition there at a position where they obviously lost a lot. Six DBs in the transfer portal for Tennessee, and they've now made additions at both safety and corner in the transfer portal. So that was kind of the big addition today for Tennessee before 7 a.m. Eastern time that was out there. So aside from that, it's been a fairly quiet day for Tennessee, just mostly holding serve and signing what they already had. GoVols247.com. Ryan Callahan. That's the, that's the man right there for sure. Uh, it looks like a water butter, Whataburger Santa Claus. He's out there in all orange, bringing, <laughs> again, good news to all the boys and girls for their stockings. Uh, of all these guys, if we, let's say our man Joseph Bonanno, we took all the money in his bank account and took it to Vegas to bet a lot. on who makes the the biggest, the biggest impact, the quickest out of this freshman group. Who are we betting Joseph's money on? If any, man, yeah. See, that's that's the question. I think when you what you saw from Tennessee this year is the, the uh, and every team's different. There might be more youth on next next year's team. Mm-hmm. This, this is a staff that's often relied though on veterans across yeah. the board uh, as much as possible. So you know, there there's some guys that play their way into part time roles, but they've not started a lot of true freshmen. So. That, that's going to be interesting to see. I think there are some guys with that potential. I think they've got a really talented receiver in Mike Matthews. But, they, you know, again, they bring back at least a couple starters at wide receiver potentially. If, if Brew McCoy comes back, it would be at least a couple starters. And then some other veterans like Dante Thornton, does he start as a true freshman? Does he at least play some? So I think it's going to be mostly guys who play part-time roles, but there are some of those guys on this roster. I would say Matthews is one. Jordan Ross, the five-star edge rusher from Alabama, maybe another a guy who could play uh, either strong side defensive end or edge if he if he adds some weight during the offseason. So there's some possibilities like that out there. It's a it's a pretty talented class, especially toward the top. It's just mostly guys that are going to take a year or two to develop. I, I really like the offensive line class in particular. Five offensive linemen in this class, even a sixth guy in Jeremiah Hurd, who who's going to start off on the defensive line, but I think he's got the potential to be a good offensive tackle in the future. So really good offensive line group, but that's a position where you're not going to see a lot of immediate impact. So I think two years down the road, this has got a chance to be a really good class. Just not sure how many of those guys you're going to see play a ton as true freshmen, especially with all the talent they've got coming back uh, that, that are in their second and third year in the program. Guys like Nico Iamaliava, who've kind of been waiting in the wings to take over. So you're the 247 guy. I've been re- refreshing 247 all day. I think the Vols started the day at 13th, and they still sit at 13th in the national rankings. Is that high or low, or is that about right to where you think Josh Heupel in Tennessee should be at this point in Heupel's coaching tenure? Well, I, I think that's where that, that's where today is, is tricky for fans, I think. And, and in the transfer portal era, you maybe have to view it differently. We have transfer rankings and overall rankings that combine transfers. Uh, and, and high school recruits uh, as well that kind of help you gauge all this. But it is hard to, 
to assess that because there is so much fluidity with the numbers and how many guys you're going to bring in each year. So I, I, it's hard to, to rank, uh, I think, an incoming class just based on the traditional ranking sometimes. You've got to look at, you know, it's, is a class top-heavy. I think this class is strong enough at the top to be a good class, but I think there are a lot of fans that look at that, you know, that ranking just being a top-15 class and say that's a, it's a little disappointing coming off an 11-win season last year because this class was mostly recruited off of last season as opposed to this year with guys committing in the summer. So I think that, combined with a few misses the last few months, makes today feel a little bit flat to Tennessee fans. But I, I think the big-picture view, this is still a good class. It's just you know, 21 players that's not loaded to the brim. Uh, with guys, and, and they also had a few misses that maybe kept us from being quite as good of a class as it could have been. Just one more high-profile guy would have probably made this a top-10 class. Instead, it ends up you know one or two pieces short of being really good. Ryan Callahan, always really good at Ryan Callahan. 247, Go Vols 247, recruiting editor. Mm. So what do you think will be the biggest storyline, just say, in the SEC outside of Tennessee, if there's not any for Tennessee? Well, yeah, uh, today I, I, look at, uh, I look at Florida falling a bit, you know, losing some yeah. guys in their class today. They've, they've really struggled down the stretch after having a class that ranked as high as number three at one point. Um, they're, they're now falling down into the teens in the mm-hmm. team rankings. I think they're, they're below Tennessee, actually, at number 15 as we speak. I think they were number five just last night or earlier today, um, losing some guys at the last minute. So that's certainly a big story. And I, I think another big story that's maybe not been talked about enough nationally, there's been a lot of talk about Georgia. Obviously, they flipped K.J. Bolden, uh, a five-star earlier that's uh, out of their state. So that's a, that's a big pickup for them. But that's kind of the, more of the same. We're used to Georgia kind of cruising. I think another quiet story that, that's, I mean, it's nothing unusual, but Alabama's sneaking back in there. You know, there's been a lot of talk of Alabama, you know, not being quite the juggernaut they used to be in recruiting because they don't always win a lot of NIL battles, or at least that's the perception. They're not outbidding a lot of these teams that are known for that. But here they are at number two, just kind of sneaky. They, 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 they get a good flip today, Edrick Houston. Uh, they, they just kind of quietly keep chugging along. And after, after making the playoffs again, there they are right behind Georgia, right on their heels, and they're, they're still doing it kind of their way without, without being known as an NIL school. So it's, uh, I think that's kind of an underplayed storyline. But that, probably, probably Florida the headliner, though, as a team that definitely took a tumble today. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Uh, the kid from uh, I think uh, Litscombe, the cornerback uh, Caleb. Is it Beasley? Yeah, I think. Yeah, Caleb yeah. Beasley. Really, I mean, been in Tennessee's class for a long time. Committed for more than a year before mm-hmm. signing today. He'll he'll be on campus in March. Actually, he's got an interesting situation along with Edwin Spillman, his teammate there, where they can't be early enrollees, but they're going to get to campus in time to go through spring practice, mm-hmm. uh, finishing up some academic work the next few months. So kind of uh, a little bit of an in between. Not early enrollees, but they still get to go to spring practice. But uh, but yeah, he's been in the class a long time. I think there's a lot of excitement about him and his his long-term potential really good player uh, got his hands on a lot of passes in, in high school just a, a guy that mm-hmm. has a nose for the ball finds a way to make plays not the longest corner not the fastest corner but just a really good football player with good instincts I'll, I'll be surprised if he's not a pretty good player uh, over the next few years at Tennessee well what about us uh the receivers uh they they sign here uh Joaquin Dotson is uh, I think comes to mind right off the bat uh, well, he's in the 2025 Five class. class. Uh, t- okay. Tennessee is pursuing him uh, right now in the 2025 class, one of the guys they've got an early shot at. But, yeah, two receivers in this class, uh, Mike Matthews, the five-star that I mentioned earlier right. from the Atlanta area, uh, and then four-star Braylon Staley, who's now a top 100 prospect uh, out of South Carolina. They had to fight off South Carolina this fall to hold on to him. Mike Matthews beat out Clemson, USC, and Georgia for him this summer. That was his as big of a recruiting win as they had all year, probably. So uh, two really good players there. A little surprising they didn't get more depth at that position in this class. I thought they'd end up with at least three, if not four, after only signing a couple receivers last year. But the two they got, very good, both top 100 players. So 
Uh, I think they did a nice job with those two, but need to still replenish the depth at that position a little bit more to uh, to get that depth chart in a little bit better position. What do you think uh, Tennessee's needs were, and did they accomplish that, uh, at least as of right now? Yeah, I mentioned the offensive line class. I think that was definitely one of the biggest positions they had to address in this in this class. They I think they did what they needed to there. They missed out, at least to this point, on five-star tackle Jordan Seaton down the stretch right. that could have really pushed that class over the top and made it, I think, hands down the best position group in the country at that spot, but still way up there and probably one of the top five classes in the country at that position. You know, Bennett Warren, a big-time tackle from uh, the Houston area, four-star top 100 player, uh, and then another four-star from Texas, Max Anderson, a four-star guard from Ohio that I really like, William Satterwhite. So um, they, they, they got some, some real work done there at that position. I think that's a nice group that's going to develop into some pretty good players over the next few years. The other big need, you know, maybe a little bit short at this spot. You know, I mentioned wide receiver. Ideally would have had one more tight end that came up probably one short. They got Cole Harrison last night. If that gives them four scholarship bodies at that position, that's okay. You know, they, they've, they've needed some depth there too. I think they could have used one more there. The, the, the initial goal was to sign two in this class. So they still might need to go back to the transfer portal in the coming months if they can to add another body at tight end. Uh, on the way out, Joy Bananas will kill us if we don't ask. Any news on Joe Milton and his status for the Citrus Bowl? Mm. There, there's not right now. You know, there's still at least some question about whether he'll play this game. He's been practicing with the team so far. I, I, I would maybe still lean towards saying he'll, he'll play, but it, it is an interesting call for him, especially because if he wants a further audition for the pros, he's always got the Senior Bowl next month to, mm. to do that instead of uh, risking injury against Iowa in the, uh, in the Citrus Bowl. And some would argue there's not – you know, maybe a ton of upside for, for impressing scouts with this game, especially the way Iowa likes to, to, to muck up games and <laughs> make oh, it a low-scoring yeah. yeah. slugfest. Uh, so you could certainly argue there's, there's a case to, to sit out this one, but I also think there's a little bit of pride to him uh, wanting to play in his hometown uh, to, to finish his college yeah. career back in Orlando. So I, I think he's, he's maybe torn on this one, but there's still enough uncertainty out there. I'm not going to rule out that he could opt out of this mm. game and, and uh, maybe start the Nico Iamaliava era a little bit earlier. Mm, yeah, Hypo could make that decision. Say, hey, we're just going to start Nico. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for your service. Enjoy Disney World mm-hmm. while you're mm-hmm. back in it your hometown. Fun. It was fun yeah. while it lasted. <laughs> that, that would be an interesting call. <laughs> I, I think they, they, they like Joe Milton a lot. He's been a great program guy. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. yeah no doubt. I think I think they'll let him make that call, but it, it it's obviously tempting to a lot of fans. Uh, I'm sure most fans are ready to turn the page at this point, and yeah. hey, let's see Nico. <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah, yeah, it'd be really interesting. Uh, the response to that for sure. Uh, all right, RC, we know this is like your Super Bowl day. We appreciate okay. you taking uh, some time to speak to us, knuckleheads. Follow him now at Ryan Callahan two four seven Go Vols two four seven for all the latest on Tennessee Vols recruiting. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, guys. And always great catching up with our man RC. Uh, all right, when we come back, it's been a crappy year for the Titans. One guy, though, in the last 25 years, four people had done something for this team. And then this guy's the fifth guy to do it. This particular guy, and there's a quote from that guy about his future today from Terry McCormick on Twitter, and I'll tell you all about it next. Surprise. Oh. Let's see, something different for dinner. Searching restaurants near me. Right here, ma'am. How can we help? Gee, same old, same old. Wait, we're, we're right here, ma'am. Our restaurant's just a few blocks from you. Why is she not seeing us? Back to the usual, I guess. Ma'am, can you not see us? Nope, they can't see you. Because you're buried deep in the list of local restaurants. You are invisible online. Introducing Cumulus Boost. Get a boost, get found, get on the map. Learn more at Cumulus Boost. Boost.com. 
The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. Sebastian Maniscalco. I'm a comedian. In my 20s, I wasn't like in a company, and I don't know like how marketing, sales. Yeah, you're a brand. You're a company. Yeah, and like Jay Z says, I'm a businessman. Yeah, yeah. To that, remind me not to quote any hip hop lyrics again. That was just a big miss. <laughs> when you first said it, I'm like, yeah, he's a businessman. Yeah, I nailed it at the end. I pulled it together. It just took me a minute. The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. Way to make you 1045 the zone. Saw Jimmy Wyatt put this out. Danico Autry had two sacks against the Texans. It's one of the bright spots in a dreary, not bright, spotty day. Although this song is a bright <laughs> spot, I appreciate this, Joey B. This is nice. Danico Audrey didn't miss again, though. He had his 11 sacks. That's his career high. Mm. So Javon Kirst did it twice. KVB did it twice. Man, I, people never need to sleep on KVB. That rascal. Oh, well, he's bad. Jason Babin had one nutty season in 2010 where people were like, uh, who's this guy? Remember, he just came out a little undersized. Yeah. He, he got his double-digit sack year. And then Harold Landry in 2021. So those four guys uh, were able to to get at least 11 sacks in a season. Mm, wow, that's a small list. In 25 years, that that's what this that's team. A small list. That's, that's a small good. list. And Eco Autry is Dang. number five. So, yeah, because Morgan kept getting 10 and Arakbo, nine, I mean, nine. They both were getting like nine and eight and a half every yes. year. Yes, just beating the heck out of that nine ceiling. Oh, like, man. Just beating on the top of it. I mean, they were good number two, but they were out there together, so that kind of worked out. Yep. Oh, no, they were formidable. Yeah. And Derek Morgan, who came here to play one complete system – and then they were like, uh, no, we're going to switch system. Well, yeah. Well, he only did that for one or two years at the yeah. end. Yeah. They said, your big butt's going to have to cover some people. Mm-hmm. You have he should have had a couple picks. Yeah. They threw it right to him. He had good coverage, too. I he and Aragpo, man, that's two good dudes, good, good, good yeah, players. Good dudes, sharp dudes, smart guys, man, yeah. So Terry McCormick, I guess, tracked Danico down. This is this is the it. This is the only quote. Only Terry has it. I haven't seen anybody else with this. The only thing I can find about Danico, Terry McCormick. Danico Autry said he still wants to be here next year. Then it goes to quotes. <laughs> and this is so much. This is exactly what I would expect him to say. He's a man of few words. He said, I have no problem being here. It's just another contract. <laughs> like, hey, man. Ring a ding ding on the cash register. Yeah. And Uncle D will be right back here to get his sacks again. Uh-huh. I'll be That's back. exactly what he's saying. Or I'll be somewhere else. That's or what it's saying. 100%, yeah. man. Yeah. I, I, I want to be here, but if they don't give me the cha-ching, I will go elsewhere. Do you think that he's looking for more than one, um, a, a multi-year deal? Yes. Do you think he would be okay if, like, Rand Carthon and Mike Vrabel came up to him and said, all right, here's a lot of money for one year. Come do it again. Well, how much money are you talking about? I uh, I would have to. How, how what much is he is making he now? Make? I think he's seven. He signed a three year seven. He signed three years. Sorry, twenty one point five mil. That's his current contract. So that's seven. Yeah, he makes seven a year. Mm, yeah, I'm one year seven. Uh, with some incentives. What if you did one? What if you? If did? I get ten sacks, of, you know, I, I got ten get, sacks equals get, ten million. Mm-hmm. Ooh, what if you did one year seven? If I get eight sacks, eight. If I get nine sacks, nine. If I get ten sacks, ten. If I'm I get eleven you. sacks, eleven. If I'm I get twenty five sacks, I get twenty five. Now, now I'm his agent. Not a one year deal. Yeah, it's it. 
in theory, is a three-year deal, but it's really a one-year deal, and they can get out of it. But that first year is just like you're talking about. Ooh. Because you got to make it look sexy now. Well, that's sexy. If mm-hmm. I'm the Titans, I'm doing I that. I like that. I, I Sexy am, Christmas yeah. football Because he got to feel good and fluffy. <laughs> you know? I got me a good deal. I'm 32. I'm, I'm still putting up 10 double-digit sacks. He may be 33 at this I, point. I think, I think I'm just 33. throwing out. No, you were close. Because I know he's up there. You know, he's a lot of 33. people always talking about, oh, he's got, a, you know, bad knees and blah, 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 whatever. When you know how to pass rush, that's, it's an art to it. And you go watch him with his two sacks now. He didn't do nothing spectacular. Chop, chop. And the dude's hands went down, and then he was around him. Both times. It's skill to pass rushing. That's why when you see these guys get older, they didn't get any faster. They're slowing down. But they're getting better on pass rush moves and how to set them up and move. It it, it is uncanny pass rush. Because we can go watch around the league. I think Mickey, you had a what was the the guy from the Bengals? He, he's not fast. Trey he, Hendrickson. Yeah. Oh, but he knows how to rush the pass and get ten sacks ago. every year. Yeah. He's not fast. And he and not a rush. And it's not just defense. Special teams too. Oh well, yeah. He, he can block some field goals. It's yeah. a punt for you. Nico well, he just, block a punt, but Nico just blocked him. Yeah, he one. can put that in there too. Give me another fifty. Yep. Fifty thousand for a block field goal. What does that mean? <laughs> you know, he also then can teach the younger guy. Because they can see, like, man, I'm faster than Autry. You know, that's how them dudes is looking at him. Right. And that's the voice. But do you know how to pass, Russ? Do you know how to set your guy up and counter the move? Ba ba ba. See? Mm-mm. Apparently, bring... a lot of them, based on the results, a lot, I would say a lot of them have not been paying yeah. attention. Now, on the other side, the Titans are going to be like, oh, you never did 11 sacks uh, these previous years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this was a go after my contract here. So, you know, we got to play this correctly, right? Yeah, well, you know, I'm at least a nine sack guy every he, year. He's nine he every year. Every nine year. is his number. I, I like the I like the the three year deal with, with the option to get out of it and, and some incentives. Mm-hmm. I I love that. I would yeah. pay that. I would pay that to Danico immediately. Immediately. Mm-hmm. But where's yeah. the checkbook? Yeah, they have money over eighty five million. Now remember, right now. now Vrabel, we can say what we want to say. He does a great job picking D linemen. And I'm not talking about picking. I'm talking about free agent guys. Every guy, but he got the guy. What's the guy that went? Walker that went to the Bears. He, that dude got seven sacks. He was sitting on the street. <laughs> oh yeah. So Dem- it, uh, Demarcus it, Walker, right? His yeah, Twitter, Walker. his Twitter handle was Living Legend. <laughs> and he and they had a crew last year. Now yeah. all those dudes that they picked up, they look good. Every one of those dudes had seven sacks. Yeah, they, they, just they, people they, off the street. So I just like okay, well, they, in, in theory, nine. they could say. We can make we can find another Walker. Oh, I can do that. See, so that's when you have to make these strategic tough decisions. Yeah. And how big and is save it? money, by the way. Yeah. And how big is it for the defense to have that consistency from from year to year? Just the one guy that you know is going to go out there. He's a veteran. He's experienced. He knows what he's doing. But you got Harold and you got you got Simmons. I, I just sometimes you here's what here's the thought process. And I love Autry. I think I, I love that signing. I knew he was going to be, and he's done it. He's done it longer, even better than I thought he would. Is you always try to say, stay one year ahead yeah. of when you think he's going to have the drop off. Yeah. So that's why I said the one year option because you say, okay, we want to keep him at the right price. And if he does drop off, ah, it's just one year. Yeah. You know, you don't sign the one year, do you make it look fluffy? And then you give it incentives in that first year. So he, he can have a drop off. We don't know. It could just happen. And, or he could come back and have the same type of year and get nine, 10, 11 sacks. You just rascal. don't know. 
I will put my money on him because he's just that wily vet guy that just could do it. But, man, that's how the organizations think that are up top that are making decisions. Eh, we can go sign two guys for that. And, you know, kind of like journeyman guys. When I say journeyman, I'm not talking about older. Just guys who have kind of bounced Walker. around yeah, a little bit. Guys like him. Mm-hmm. And they can get you seven. So you get two guys and give you seven younger, which is more pliable. <laughs> and Austria has been dependable, man. He hasn't missed very many games. He got rolled up on, I think it was, uh, what game was that? Green Bay? No, it was some game last year. He got rolled up. You know, I mean, that happens every now and then. So other than that, I can't recall him missing. This like, year, he's been fantastic. Missing games. Too. Yeah. He may have missed some practices, but he, he's been pretty, pretty durable. All right, we can't miss these breaks, uh, so we got to hit it. Uh, hour number two coming <laughs> oh up. So we were told that Will Levis would speak, and there was a press conference, and then they just shut it down. Well, apparently he showed up and spoke, and he oh. talked about where he is. He was at the training table. That's why he was late. You want all the latest on quarterbacking and who's doing what and what Mike Rabel said, and you'll hear from Will Levis. We'll do it all next. Every week, Michael Rosenbaum is getting deep with someone new on the Inside of You podcast. Let's get inside of Shelly Hennick. So Obliterated's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I had the best time. And it was great. challenging, but it was like the show. It doesn't always happen. Everybody's trying to make a show and you're this not. This was a it's dream. It's no fun. Genuinely. That's and if it beautiful. wasn't, I would just keep my mouth shut and talk about something else. Like, yeah, it like, was. hey, it was fine. Because yes. I've done that. I've asked people and they're like, you know. Yeah. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Wherever you listen.